as an infant baptism, we see baptism as something that happens when a person gets born again and it's an acknowledgement of what Jesus has done, that person will do it. But there's, or get, get baptized. But there is something then where Jesus actually got dedicated and Jesus tend to bless the children and lay hands on them. And all through the Bible we see that fathers, I'm trying to think of a scriptural example of a mother now, but parents <laughs> will bless the children, will lay hands and speak life on the children. And the thing about us, we, we yes, Lucas and Torina's primary responsibility to raise up Zoe, but they she's kind of getting raised in a tribe. So we're going to have a little bit part of that, <laughs> of blessing her and speaking the life of God over her. So I'm going to give over to, to Lucas. So um, this is Zoe. Say hello. <laughs> so um, her names are Zoe Renee. Um, so Zoe meaning uh, spiritual life or abundant life, and Renee mean means rebirth or reborn. And um, so John ten verse ten, I have come that they may have life, and have it to the full, which is her. Um, and Romans twelve verse two. Uh, do not conform to the patterns, the ways, the thoughts, ideas of this world, but be transformed or be, be born by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And um, there's just one thing I want to pray over, over Zoe, and that is um, a, a type of greeting, but it is shalom in Christ. And um, shalom meaning uh, various meanings, but obviously, say it, say it, very nice. That's a that's now COVID uh, hotspot. Um, so for Zavi, um, I've just got this uh, this prayer over her, uh, which is Shalom in Christ, and Shalom meaning. Um, so it's type of greeting and introduction to interconnect, to share, to go, and to testify of God. Um, and shalom and Christ, both also words that have different meanings. So uh, peace, uh, to have peace in the Prince of Peace, um, to have completeness, wholeness, fullness in Jesus, to rest at his feet, to have safety in his arms, to have a lack of worry because he provides um, to have harmony with his spirit and an absence of agitation as he knows all things and has power over all things. And so in a sense, to live in the Zoe that he gives and be a testimony of the Zoe to the world. Okay, I'm quickly going to switch over to Afrikaans because um, I want to speak to her directly and I'm not sure how good her English is yet. Oh, that's my excuse. So Zoe is gesplitterd rustig. She's so gentle first. Maar rechtig waar nieuwsgierig en woelig, soos jylle kan sien. <laughs> um, en sy is so vriendelik. 
and she um her smile is really for free for anyone who's willing to look um but with that also if i could buy our um Says bike is curious met wie sy nabe en haar ook invoel laat. En soos ek vir jou dopgehou, het die afgelopen tyd het ek besef dat die rechtige mense fijn dophou. Nie stiekem manier. En dit sal deel van barbecue wees, maar jy hou dop hoe mense om jou reageer en wie hulle is en hoe hulle reaksie is en refiner detail. En so ek sal gebed het, is dit wat ek gevoel het. Um, I feel that the Lord is going to give you a special kind of favor with people's inner parts, with their emotions, and with the way that stuff that only your eyes will be able to see. Jog. <laughs> um, and yeah, I truly want to pray into that for you as well, that yeah, that jy lewe sal streek, en dat jy mense op een manier sal hanteer, wat that you will make the, lo- the lonely feel loved. Um, and yeah, I think rechtig die Heer, het a specific plek for you, hier op orde in dit, en mag jy in dit groe en in dit stap wees. En dan, yeah, I think for mama, van mama's kant af, um, I promise today in front of all of them, the family and friends, and obviously in front of God as well, that I will raise you in a way that shows you Jesus to the best of my ability, that in the way that I raise you up to my everyday tasks, in the way that I discipline you, in the way that I love you, um, I will do my best to show you Jesus so that it is easier for you to get to know him. And then in this journey that you are embarking on as well, in when you get to meet Jesus, I will tell you about him. I will pray with you. I will fast with you. I will encourage you. Um, I will motivate you. And I will also know when to step back <laughs> and when to let go. Um, but yeah, I do, I do promise that in front of you guys as well, that we as parents, ek as mama, that is what I want for her. Yeah, I think that is what I want to say. So, Karina's, um, Karina's actually a song that she wants to sing over Zoe, but before before we do that, I think if some of us, maybe friends or people in a community or just people at Wanty, just maybe come around and let's let's just pray and, and bless Zoe. Guys, as we, as you guys listen to Zoe, um, to Zoe and, and Karina, I just felt, I saw like um, almost what appeared to be um, a humanitarian um, ability to, to, to help people, the lost, um, to help people. I even saw like um, an image of her walking in the Middle East, just loving people. Um, I saw this ability and grace upon her life to serve humanity like never before almost 
not like the mother Teresa's role. There's a, there's a unique role for her, but uh, a sense of her stepping into that place where God is going to use her immensely, and she's going to have the ability to see into things at different seasons um, and to help humanity in those seasons um, in, the, in the place that God is going to use her. So, Father, we just pray into this right now, Lord, that this role, Father, that she'd step into it, that as she grows in, 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 in your favor, as she grows knowing you and loving you, that, Father, you would direct her by the winds of your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Yeah, when I, you sprayed, I, I felt for Zoe that she will have the ability to, to show God's love to other people in a really special way. And yeah, we just pray over that. And yes, Lord, thank you for Zoe, Lord. Thank you for the blessing that she already is to everyone, Lord. And I just pray that you'll work through her, Lord, that, you, that, that your love that's in her will just overflow and pour out to everyone around her, Lord. And we just want to say thank you for that. Yes, Father, I pray for Zoe. I pray that um, she will have a face-to-face encounter with her beloved. <laughs> and I pray that her identity will be rooted in the King of Kings. And I pray that your voice will always be louder than any other voice, God. And I pray that she'll be a, a Mary, always staying at the feet of Jesus, always loving her first love. And I pray that um, she'll be so, so in line, like connected, with that, that you are being used up like Esther, like whatever the king wants, whatever pleases the king. So I pray, God, that um, she will be known as a daughter of God who knows who she is. There's no striving, there's no earning, she doesn't need to do anything. The love of God is hers. And I pray that she will walk in that. Yeah, um, as Zoe's name means, um, like you said earlier, the God kind of life, I just almost saw the specter of Zoe just impacting people in a world where there's a lot of death and brokenness. And just her entering into that space will be bringing the God kind of life into brokenness and death and anything of this world that is so terrible. And um, Jesus, I just pray into that. I thank you, God, that she will bring life wherever she goes, Jesus, that she will proclaim Jesus to people, that she will love people, that she will love the broken, um, and that there will be such a sense of the God kind of life that just breaks the power of death in Jesus' name. Yeah, as we were saying, I just felt that she will um, stand out in the, in the um, friend group, but she will be the new queen of the group. And I felt that she, she will be so secure in God and who she is and her calling that God has on her that she will, it will not bother her to stand out. It will not bother her to, to be the different one, but that she will be so secure in that. And I want to encourage you guys as parents to um, um, and to let the odd one out. But also she has got a role, a strong role. And I thought of that scripture in Psalms that says, Your daughters will be like pillars, sculptures in Palestine. 
and our prayer that she will be strong in God, rooted and grounded in his love, and that she will reveal his beauty. Hello, Zoe. <coughs> I know that your, your name means light. I just want to give you Mark 5. Starting to 14. That she will be the light of the world and that you will not be hidden because the word says, Let your light so shine before people that they will see your good deeds and will glorify God. And I pray that, that she will let her light shine and glorify Jesus. I just would like to say one thing. I know it's Zoe's moment, but um, I just feel to encourage you guys and say, I think you guys, no, I think, I feel to just commend you guys of, a, of, a, of, a, of, a, of being good parents before God. And I know um, <laughs> with all the challenges that has come with the last three years, I just felt today is the day that the Lord just wants to recognize you guys and just said, you guys have done well, really well as parents before God, and I've prayed with her, and up till now, well, <laughs> amen, all right, a song that I just wanted to sing over Zoe, but it's not only me. It's um, If you know the song, please sing with me. And let's just, um, yo, the words resonate so much with what I want for her. Um, if I become emotional, <laughs> they're going to sing, okay? But <laughs> please sing with me as a congregation. Let's sing this over Zoe. Um, not only her, every small one that we are, and let's just pray this over as we sing it as well. Um, we love you guys so much, and thanks for being our tribe. <laughs> um, yeah. Lord bless you and keep you Make his face shine upon you Be gracious to you Lord turn his face toward you And give you peace Gracious to you, Lord. 
I don't know if there's actually something more powerful to to know, to be able to say that God is for you. Um, yeah, um, I actually thought just to mention some things on um, Zoe. <laughs> it sounds like a little bit uh, 
jumping on it, but I actually felt that God wants to say something on Zoe this morning. And so um, the, the verse that, that Tasha's quoted for us was in John 10, which is Jesus said that I came to give life and life more abundantly, and, and life, life and abundantly is the word Zoe. And it's the word that they've um, named there. And I think the, the unfortunate thing is over time is just how we as the church and how we have gone around and interpret the word Zoe and what do we understand as Zoe to be. And so I think in the one extreme, um, if I can name them, the what, what would be known, the, the more charismatic guys and um, have, have taken the word Zoe and have said like, well, if Jesus has come and bring us life and life and abundantly, Jesus has come to make all our dreams come true. And Jesus has come to give us everything that we ever wanted. Jesus is going to give us a great, great life. Now, I don't know if any one of you believe that you might be disappointed by this time, right? Because that is not the truth. And that is not what that word means. And that's not what Jesus has promised us, right? Jesus actually promised just a little bit further on in that chapter he promised them he promised them he promised them he says in this life you will you will have tribulation <laughs> in this world in this world it will it will be difficult in this life you will have sorrow in this life you will have tears in this life you know you will have difficulty but there's a life that I will give you that even in the midst of that will seem to satisfy you then you get another extreme of guys that um, that 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 made Jesus as uh, someone that just come and hands out life insurance. You know how it is with life insurance. You know, I'm still considering that one. You know, it's a uh, you, uh, you 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 invest money, but it only kind of works for you when you die. <laughs> it doesn't seem such a good investment to me. <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm a little bit selfish there. But, <laughs> but somehow the gospel has become this. Look, sorry for you. Life is going to be terrible on earth. But don't worry. When you die, you're going to go to heaven. And there's no reality of the living Jesus impacting your life on this earth. The blessing of the gospel and the blessing of what Jesus has come will only kick in the day that you die. But yet Jesus did not say that. He said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. And he's clear throughout scripture that I want to be the life and life and abundance. I want to be Zoe for you actually right here on earth. I, I, I sometimes, you know, I, I consider the, the early church and, and some of their, their struggles and the, just the way that they process versus the way that we process. Peter was in prison, right? He's about to be executed. And as he's about to be executed, an angel appears, blinds the, blinds the, um, the, 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 the guards, breaks open, opens up the jail, makes everybody blind towards them, and he allows him to escape. God truly gave Peter life and life in abundance. His friend James also was thrown into prison and got executed. I, 
I was wondering, you know, after that type of meeting, what did the apostles or what did the early church say to one another? What did James do? What did Peter do? And yet you never see that type of talk amongst them. Stephen came and he preached the gospel to a bunch of Pharisees. So much so that his face is shining like that of an angel. He gets stoned. Dead. Paul does the same thing. He gets stoned. Get dragged out of his city. Disciples come and stand around him and resurrect him from the dead. And yet none of them would have gone and say like, yeah, Peter was more blessed. Or Peter had life. Or, or, or that was just not the thinking with them. They would understand that in this life there is tribulation. And if, and I, I don't know, you know, I don't know. Sometimes God comes through in miraculous ways and God touches. And, I, and, 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 and uh, um, we see his working and we see his blessing and all those type of things. But sometimes, you know, you still see life is tough. It's this wonderful thing. You can ask all the young parents, you know. The day their children got born. And because they prayed to Jesus, all the tears stopped. And their children never cries. Whenever it's difficulty for a Christian parent, I know I feel very sorry for even parents, you know, because their children just cry and make it difficult for them. Christian parents can just go, in the name of Jesus, be quiet. <laughs> in the name of Jesus, be full. Look, you can just look towards the back and you will see the marks around the eyes and see that that's not true. <laughs> In this life, we will have tribulation. I, wonder, I know some of you might know a little bit of my story, but I just want to, it's like a couple of new guys around lately, and I just want to take five minutes, or I don't know how long, looking for the time. Forget about that. Uh, people complain that I preach the eternal gospel, you know. <laughs> I'll try not to do that. But uh, um, <laughs> I, I, I like uh, um, many other people around about 12, when I was 12 or 13 years old, kind of realize I have a drive inside of me. And I, I, I uh, don't know if I at that time already could put words towards my drive, but I had a deep desire in here that wanted to be satisfied. I don't know how to be satisfied, how to satisfy. I knew I wanted to be happy. And I think probably if I had to put words to it, I thought for me the way to be happy is to be, I think, famous. I think I wanted to be famous. I think something in the lines of that. I wanted to be significant. I wanted to be cool. I wanted to be popular and celebrated. I think that's, that's pretty much deep inside one of the main things that I wanted. And I thought, like, if I could get that, that will help for me. And uh, um, I remember, you know, as many guys enter high school, I don't know what it did for you, you know. Maybe for you it was good marks and have great accomplishments. That didn't do it for me, right? I couldn't care how much I get. I didn't try to be popular with the teachers. I felt like, and I know there's some of you that felt like, I picked my crowd and it was not the teachers. It was the other guys. It was the crowds. I wanted to be. I wanted to be loved. I wanted to be popular. And... Uh, um, and soon I go and look and see who is the guys that does that. And there was a specific group of guys that I thought like, well, they seem to be cool. They seem to be pretty much the kind of guys that I wanted to be. And pretty soon I tried to learn how to speak to them, speak like them, <laughs> to 
walk like them, talk like them, do what they do. And I, I, I remember in, uh, um, like early on in high school, I found myself in that group of friends. And uh, one evening, you know, you need to do what they do. Not that it was always a problem for me. And I was at a party and we were lacquer drunk. And uh, being with the group that I always wanted to be. And I thought to myself, feeling really good. This is what I wanted always, actually. This is so nice. This is it. This is it. This is nice. I still feel empty. I know it's nice and so on, but I still feel empty. And uh, so in my pursuit of that, you know, I came to uh, uh, later in high school, and the parents and my, uh, the parents and the teachers actually decided that my pursuit to fulfill this thing is getting me in too much trouble. You know, in those days, I don't know if they do it still today, but in those days, if there was a naughty city kid, what they did with them, they sent him to the country in a hostel. And I was that naughty city kid, you know, that the teachers couldn't anymore, the parents couldn't anymore. I was just a really bad kid. And so they decided, okay, they're going to send me to the country. And uh, I thought, actually, I thought to myself, if they send me to the country, knowing how streetwise I was in the city, it's going to be a matter of time, and I will be the coolest kid in that school. Right? So, I, no, I won't name names. So then, I, I went to the school in the country and did what I used to do, and somehow I didn't get the traction that I did in the city. No one thought I was funny, you know? No one thought it was cool. So I had to reassess. I had to need, get a new game plan of what to do. You know what they do there? The big thing was sport, actually. And I reassessed, and I said, everybody that seems to be cool or making it here or love is sports guys. And so in my matric year, I thought, if only I can get Craven Week. That should do it. And I remember we playing the final trials. It was I was in the Boerland section, and we played against uh, Vierpia. Western Province, and I had a fairly good game, but I wasn't sure, you know, if it was good enough. But I knew I really wanted it. And uh, the Monday after the game, some guys already knew what the team was, and one of my friends came to me that morning, and he came and he shook my hand, and he said to me, congratulations, you're in the first 15 of Boerland. You got Craven Week. And again, I was happy, man. This was it. This was it. It was it. It was good. It was what I wanted, but still I felt empty. It still it didn't, I mean, it didn't do quite what I thought it would do. I mean, not that I complained about it, but it. And so at the end of my matric year, I got a bursary, a proper good bursary to come to Stellenbosch University. And I wanted to study as well. Actually, I wanted to study as well. And so I had, had a bursary to come and study in Stellenbosch University. I went to one rugby practice and never again. I went to my first rugby practice and somehow thought like this, this, this rugby team is just not doing it for me. And it started interfering with my social program. And so in the next, in the next couple of years, I threw my life on just what I had cheap thrills and just partying and doing what I, what I needed to, you know, to do to satisfy that need all along, becoming more and more empty. <laughs> And uh, um, 
I, I found myself, again, you know, later on exposing myself to more and more wrong stuff. <laughs> wrong, wrong, yeah. So you'll hear now. So at the age of 22, uh, me and a couple of friends went to um, Cape Town, and we, we took a drug called um, LSD, acid. I don't know if, if kids does it anymore, but we, we, we used to do that. The thing about acid is, the thing about acid is, um, I don't want to know, you, you know what I'm saying now, and she will respond to you, but I, the thing about acid is, it will pick you up, and it will throw you. Don't plan before that. It will pick you up and throw you somewhere the next day that you didn't know how on earth I got there. And so a couple of us, you know, we took it, and um, half an hour, 45 minutes down the line, where it's science kind of supposed to kick in, I realized that, uh, or we kind of both kind of decided, all of us decided, this is not quite kicking as hard as we thought it would. So my one friend says, listen, what if this is a disappointment and we just go halfway up here? Let's go and buy more. So we're like, yeah, that's an excellent idea. So we, 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 uh, we go and to uh, there was a specific, um, like this psychedelic bar club type of thing in Cape Town. Um, it was called Getafix. <laughs> and uh <laughs> it was called Getafix, yeah. <laughs> So we, we went to uh, um, get a fix, and my one friend, he knew a dealer up there, so he went upstairs to go and get a dealer. And so we, uh, we, we, <laughs> we waiting outside um, for my friend to bring the dealer down. And as I'm waiting downstairs, there's a little bit of activity outside of the club and as we're waiting outside there's this guy and girl that's standing there but they look completely out of place but i'm thinking by myself i'm starting to hallucinate a little bit here so people look funny in any way so i i wouldn't take much notice of it also with this is usually when i got so uh, like hallucinations i would also get very paranoid and struggle to find any sort of conversation with new people so i try not to any in any way engage in any way and so the um, the the guy in the golden come to me and said, oh, or they start approaching me, and they I can see they're trying to make cheap talk. And my thought is, these guys want drugs as well. So I'm thinking, maybe I can make some money out of them. So I'm I'm saying, listen, do you want? You know what I mean? You do you, do you do you want it? And they look like very awkward, like, no. I'm like, so what do you guys want? It's like 2 o'clock. This, this 3 o'clock in the morning, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm busy tripping on acid here, and I'm standing outside of a club, and this uh, couple, guy and girl says, no, we want to speak to you about Jesus. And I, I can tell you, at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, that's really the last thing that you want to chat about. But I grew up in a Christian home, up in a Christian home, and I knew all the Christian answers, actually. And actually, if you would ever ask me what I am, I would say I'm a Christian. So somehow I felt obliged in my state to tell and convince these people that I am a Christian. <laughs> so I'm, I'm saying, wow, you know, like I'm, I'm, I can't say it too loud, but I'm a Christian as well, you know. And, uh, 
As I'm trying to convince them that I'm a Christian, my friend and the drug dealer has come down. And suddenly I found myself in a real spot of bother, you know. Because on the one side, the dealer is standing here, and on the other side, these this Christian workers that I'm trying to convince that I'm a Christian. And uh, um, it became too much for me, you know. And I realized one group needs to go now. I need to choose here <laughs> who I'm going to try and impress. So I'll choose the dealer. So I, I said to the Christian workers, listen here, guys, uh, I'm fine. This, I, I think, actually, I've got good advice for you guys. If you go around the corner, you'll find guys that's worse than us. So maybe try, try, and try, try over there. And uh, um, they, um, my, my other friend then said, yes, why do you speak to us? And I would never forget this, you know, the guy and the girl, they looked at each other and they looked at me and they said, because God sent us here. And I, I know you, you've heard that a thousand times probably when Ndumi would say, you know, I've got a message from God or whatever the case might be. It's not the first time anybody said that to me. But when they said it, it hit me so hard that I couldn't get it out of my mind. And at the end, they left and we, we, we bought the drugs and we took the drugs and, you know, we kind of was thrown all over the place. But the, the whole night and the whole next day, all that was ringing in my heart was God sending me. So the next, uh, the, the Monday, I drove with my boss um, after work. And as it was, you know, me and my boss was really not friends. He just always dropped me off to work at my place. And I was just sitting in the car. And I couldn't get it out of my mind. God sent him to me. And as I'm still thinking about that, my boss, who never spoke to me, suddenly turns to me and said, So, Carl, do you know Jesus? <laughs> and I said, It's probably the bravest thing that I did. Up till then. And I've never done it before that. And I said, no, I don't think I know him. Where before I always try to convince people that I do. If you try to convince people that you know Jesus, you probably don't know Jesus. That's just the scientific truth. And I said to him, I don't know him. And he said, no, it's fine. And he invited me to church. And he invited me to a little church in Wellington. And uh, that Saturday night, again, I... I, I thought like I should stay sober, but I drank too much and I smoked too much. But I got, finally I got that, that uh, Sunday morning, I got to church, semi-stoned, very much hungover, but I got in. And uh, as worship started, it was quite different for me, you know, <laughs> the, as people expressed themselves. As I've never seen people express themselves. I must say I enjoyed it much more than any other worship that I've seen before. I mean... At least it seems like there's a bit of a vibe here, and it seems like people are, are enjoying it. I actually felt like I can, oh, man, I can try a few moves here, actually. <laughs> and then as the worship was, uh, was going, the guy that led the worship was, he was a prophet, actually. He later on became a missionary in Japan, and he introduced me and Naku later on. He played a significant role in my life, actually. But then he stopped the music, or he, 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 he shouted in worship, if anyone wants more of God in his life, just jump. And I jumped. I didn't plan to jump. In fact, before I knew it, I was jumping. And I'm jumping, and I'm thinking, no, 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 no. you're taking it too far here. You're going to get like these guys, you know. Because I, I want to say to you guys, it was not that I, 
I didn't want to go to heaven. Or let me say it like this. I, I just didn't want to go to hell. I was really scared of hell. I had no ambition to go to heaven. It was full of Christians. It seemed like a really boring place, right? But hell seemed very scary. And somehow I thought my whole life, I can live as much fun on earth as possible. And then just before I die, if I can plan it right and time it right, I will turn to God. And at least escape hell. And kind of for eternity hang with the boring guys. But so so I, I uh, um, the guys, I, I jumped. And uh, after I jumped, the guy that led the worship suddenly stopped the worship completely. And the meeting got very, very quiet. And he pointed me out. And I got very, very afraid. I'll tell you why. For 22 years, I grew up, unlike many of you, I grew up in a really good home. I, I had good parents. I am not one of those stories of a guy that had some terrible life of parents that didn't care for them, didn't love them. And finally, with a messed up life, turned to God. Now, I had good parents. I had parents that invested everything that they had in me. We never lacked. <laughs> I was loved. In fact, I was privileged that I had a fair amount of talents, that I could be good in a fair amount of things. I had a lot going for me. And at the age of 22, my life was an absolute, absolute mess. There was nothing less. And I couldn't point it to anybody. It was just me that messed it up. And for 22 years, I tried to distance myself from God as much as possible. And for 22 years, it was me speaking. And for 22 years, and after 22 years, I suddenly felt God is saying, now it's my turn. And when that guy stopped the worship and he says, God just saw you jump. And he's about to say something. I'm telling you, I was so scared. So tell me, what have you done with your life for the last 20 years, 22 years? It was an absolute mess. And the last thing that I want to think of is, what is God thinking about me? And so the guy said this, God just saw you jump, and he likes it. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> it's impossible. You know what mess my life is? You know, I've, I've just, I've messed up everything. And after 22 years, it's your turn to speak, and this is what you say. And then he said, if you turn to God today, if you turn your life to him today, he will change it completely. And so I turned to God that day. And my life changed completely. But unfortunately, there are some things that didn't change. All my dreams didn't come true. I didn't become the most popular guy around. I didn't suddenly have lots of money in my bank account. Everything just didn't go my way. I still have bad days. But somehow every day when I wake up, regardless of anything, something in me is satisfied. I can truly say that, yes, yes, yes. The longing of my heart that was there the whole time is suddenly satisfied. Because I've found the very reason, the very purpose that I've been created for. I've been created to stand in a relationship with God. And only if you kick in that, no matter what, it won't satisfy. Now, guess what? After that, there were some times that I still wanted to go party. I'm like, can you believe it? 
You guys are bad elders, right? <laughs> Praise Jesus for His grace. But there were times that I craved to, to, to go party. You know, you justify it so many times. I think like, if I can just go to one more trance party, right? But what's a trance party without a bit of drugs? But I'll take a little bit, just a little bit, Jesus. And you know when I dance, it will be all for your glory. <laughs> and I was like, okay, but you cannot do it. Ah, I so wanted to. You know, just one more. Ah, one more feature. That's really unsophisticated, I know. Uh, have you ever heard anybody in Comset have a prayer request like this? Guys, it's been tough two weeks. Somehow I just couldn't get my hit. I was looking for drug dealers. They just know where to be found. I just want one hit. If you guys can just all pray with me. Jesus can just provide. Just two. I just, that's all that I need. If you guys can just stand with me. I just need to. Huh? But maybe yours is more sophisticated. Oh, Jesus, just please give me better results in my appearance. Oh, Jesus, I really need a wife. I nearly need a husband. I really need to. Look, I know my idols is not very sophisticated. And you don't pray for them. And maybe yours is a little bit more sophisticated. But if you turn to anything else, then Jesus is your life. Even if you ask Jesus for it. Even if you ask the hand of Jesus to get it. It's exactly the same thing. See, we substitute Zoe life, the life of God, from a temporal rush or flourish or whatever it might be. So awesome. We had a dedication today. Zoe, I think. Is where Zoe? Zoe. I can't see you, Zoe, but I know you're there. Let's pray. In four hours' time, in four hours' time, we're going to have a funeral for a little boy called Andre. Seven days old, ten days old. He passed away ten days ago. Oh, no. A week ago. Less than a week ago. But he was seven days old. I don't know why that happened. I honestly, before God, I cried out for his life. And guess what? I've, we've seen in this church crying out for a girl that had cancer and see how God has healed her. God has healed that girl. And once again, you know, we had a, a boy that was sick in our church. And I cried out to God. We cried out to God. God. God come through. God touched him. The boy died. But you know, Jesus never promised us that we won't find them. Jesus never promised us that life will always just work out. Jesus never promised us that in the midst of these things, there will never be a tear. There will never be 
there will never be sorrow. There will never be pain. He never, never promised us that. But he promised us a deeper life that will not be touched by circumstances and situations of this world. You know, during this past week, I've really, I've really cried out for little Andre. I've really cried out for little Andre. And there's times while I was crying out for God that I've experienced him so strongly that I'm, I was, God's going to heal him. I'm, I don't even worry about it. And somehow when I've processed, why do I so badly? I mean, I don't, I've never met little Andre, right? But somehow in my heart, you know, I just, I, I, I want to contend for his healing. And somehow when I was honest to me, there's something about me that I don't want Francho and Yannette, who's the parents, to suffer. I don't want them to get hurt. I want to contend that they can go and, and have a strong faith. You know, when you see some people just getting terrible situations and circumstances, you're like, oh, please, God, don't let it happen. I don't know how people are going to come out on the other side. And so when I looked at this boy, I'm like, please, God. I don't know deep inside. Maybe that was it. Please, God. I don't know how Andre and Yannette will deal. I don't know how they will make it. I know them. They are parents that is into their children. They're not like happy-go-lucky parents. They're not happy-go-lucky people. When they've given something or are responsible of something, it's a big thing. And I know that boy is, is a lot to them. And I know if that boy is going to be taken from them, Lord, this is going to shake them big time. So please, God, I don't know how they're going to come out on the other side. Please, God, please, God. I think that was behind my prayer. The news come out. The boy is dead. So Friday, I, I went to them, you know, and I, yeah, I, I don't know quite what to expect of them. And guess what, guys? There was tears. There was sorrow. All the things that Jesus promised we will have on this earth was there. But then behind it all, behind it all, I saw a peace in them that surpasses all understanding. I saw a life and a satisfaction in them that was just supernatural. I haven't seen them as close to God since I've known them. And I haven't seen a radiance of God since I've known them. This is the life that Jesus is offering. This is the life that Paul can sit in prison and being beaten up completely. Nothing going his way. And when he writes to people, in a four-letter chapter, he says it 11 times. Rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. Paul, how can you say it? Your life sucks. Because my joy is not dependent on this world. My joy is not dependent on circumstances. My life is not dependent on the things around me. My life is within and surely, Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer because I've overcome this world. Because the life that I've now given you, the world can never, never, never touch. Any other life that you go look for, the world can touch. But the life that comes from God can never, never be touched. 
And then Paul says in Philippians 4, he ends off that chapter and he says, like, look, I had a lot. And can I say to you, my life in the natural doesn't suck all the time. Look, lines have fallen pleasant places for me. I've been blessed. Yeah, you laugh because he knows. I would never have gotten a wife like this, right? (laughs) Imported from Japan. She's beautiful. She's good. I mean, I would never have gotten that. This is the grace of God, you know. (laughs) Humble everything that you want. (laughs) You know? And so, yes, Lines falls in us for pl- unpleasant places. I say that. And there was times that we had a lot. Not us maybe, but Paul. <laughs> and sometimes we are blessed in many ways. And Paul says there's times that I had a lot. There's times that I would sit with kings and there's times that I had nothing. I will be the lowest of the low. But in all of these things, I've learned to be content. And then he quotes that famous verse that has been used so many times out of context. Because <laughs> in Christ, I can do all things for Christ. I'm trying to find the starting point. I can do all things for Christ who strengthens me. So, I want to say, if you don't know what I'm talking about, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you haven't tasted it. And if you do know what I'm talking about, but somehow so many other things have crept into you, that you've turned to so many other things to grab for life, I think there's a call all through worship that we will return to in, in regards to that. Right? So I quickly want to pray for us. Jesus, I I thank you that you come to give us, and we use the word Zoe, life and life in abundance. You came to give us life. Thank you, Father, that it's not a life that we wait for one day that we die and that we will walk into heaven. Yes, we will have that. But there's a life of eternity. It's an eternal life that is in us, that is not bound to this world. It's not bound by circumstances, where we are, any place. It's the life that you give. It's the life that satisfies. It's the very thing that we've been created for, Jesus. <laughs> very thing that caused us to live. I want to ask, you know, I want to throw out a call. If you've never the satisfaction, the settle that come like, I don't know even how to explain it. It's just like, I don't know how to explain it. But finally we are satisfied. If you've not followed religion, not followed a tradition, not do certain Christian action, but finally with Jesus has satisfied you in the inward part. And this is one of the testings. A guy that discipled me said, if a person is unsure, they probably haven't had it. If a person is unsure whether they're in it, they haven't had it. And so I want to ask you, I want to ask you, have 
you want to have that life of Jesus today, if you want to be satisfied, if you want to find the very thing that you've been created for, and you want to say yes to that, I'm going to ask you just to give me an indication by, by lifting up your hand. I'm going to count to three, and if you can just show me by hand. One, two, three. Thank you. Anybody else? And then I'm going to ask everybody else that have found the Lord. But if you're very much honest at this time, the craving to turn to other things to find life is very much a reality. And if only I can get this and if only I can get that is very much part of it. If we, if we strife, if there's anxiety or whatever, it's all signs of us that haven't come to the Lord. I'm going to ask for you. Just can we take a moment and just again recognize that anything else that is not Jesus is a lie. Anything else that is not Jesus is a lie. And so Jesus, I pray that even now, Lord, the trap, no matter how sophisticated our desires and our cravings are, the trap of finding life in anything other than you. Father, whether it's accomplishments, whether it's our marks, whether it's achievements, whether it's our acceptance, whether it's our significance, whatever it might be, Jesus, we recognize it is a lie. We turn to you for life, for zone, for abundance. Father, I pray for every person that's going through a difficult situation at the moment. Their life is really pressing them, and it is tough. I pray for such an ability, Jesus, to in the midst of this all, turn to you and find life in you. Jesus, we honor you and we praise you. In Jesus' name. Thanks, Kala. That's awesome. It's good to know him a bit better, eh? Where he comes from. Uh, I'll keep my distance, but <laughs> jokes. <laughs> I think I'm as bad as him, maybe worse. So I, I really enjoy that, and I think it's so good, and I think maybe there's some of us sitting here where while yeah, you go, I'm fine, I'm okay, but the thing might keep bugging you during the week. I would really ask you, if that's you, during the week, just reach out to someone who knows Christ. Just reach out and get to know him because it's really changed my life big time. So we're going to end the service here. There's two practical things, I think. Oh, yeah. One, if all of us can help with seats. So if everyone can just pack up the seats and then the common duty just to take the seat the chairs to that little room there and then for the visitors if you just can hand in your form at the info desk 
and then have a like a cup of coffee at ride in with us right have a good afternoon <laughs>